Welcome to Black People Love Paramore, a podcast where we try to make Black people feel seen. Please rate us and write us a review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Five stars only because we are five star bitches. We're to Gotti. I'm your host, Sequoia. And today, joining me to talk about Tony Hawk, we have a very special guest. He's a comedic storyteller. He's a Sundance Institute fellow. And his new web series is sponsored by Liz Merriweather from New Girl, Jet G. Jet, do you want to introduce yourself? And thank you so much for coming on. Oh, first of all, thank you for having me on. I mean, it's I've been trying to come on here a minute. You've been on the CP time having me on here, but you know, <laughs> you know, you know, black people live on CP time. Please, please don't shame me on my podcast. <laughs> no, no, I'm here now. I'm just happy that I'm here. I was literally in my, I was like living with my grandparents earlier this year. Like, yeah, I'm emailing this lady trying to get on her show. Like, oh, you know so. oh but thank, I'm so excited to have you. No, it's cool. I've been uh, I've been a fan for a minute. It's funny how this came up about. I was um, I was writing a pilot in 2021. Some networks were looking at it and as like an alternative view of of like black males, but it's also like you know my whole philosophy is that like I think that the industry paints black men as like these soft marshmallows or like thugs, and there's no in between of like you know Negroes can be toxic and also listen to Avril Lavigne. And so like, yeah. that's, so the, I wrote a whole pilot about that. And then at the same time, somebody was like, well, like you should just find other people that feel the same way. And I just stumbled across, I stumbled across your podcast. And it's funny because I'm a pastor's kid and Haley Williams is a pastor's kid. And then yes. she grew up in the same town in Tennessee that, that I was in. So it was just like a lot of weird synchronicities. Yeah. 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 Oh, that is very funny. I really like the idea of that script because where is the humanity in Black yeah. men often portrayed in mainstream media? It's like there is a lot of middle ground. Niggas really do be toxic yeah. as well as soft and marshmallows. Firsthand experience with that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm working like I'm working on a aspect of my comedy set where I'm like, you know, I was like a, an eighth grade. I was like an R&B emo prince. Like I was definitely emo for sure. Not an R&B emo prince, please. I was definitely, I was definitely, I was definitely, I was definitely, I mean, even like the music that we're going to talk about, it's, that's, that's where I live. You know, I live in that wow. R&B emo space, but it's like at the same time, if you, if you want to get it, I can put, throw hands at the same time. Like this Ooh, isn't. Period. Okay. You know what I'm period. That's just, that's my problem. It's just like, they just paint black dudes out in the worst possible way. And then it's like, we get one representation and we're supposed to clap and be like, that's us. And it's like, nah, I, not, not wow. at all. And you said you're going to fix that. You're like, you know what? Let me go ahead and write my pilot and we're going to see. I mean, I'm not, I'm, I'm not saying I can fix it, but I, I hope that, you know, whoever has the mic, like if you're, if you're specific and authentic enough, I feel like it'll, you know, I saw somewhere where Denzel was like the universal stems from the specific. So it's like, if you're specific enough and you're not trying to people please people, then, you know, you will have a wide net of people you connect to. And I just feel like some of the people that do get the mic are dancing for executives. I know some of these executives and I love you guys, but just know, you know, just from the shameless promotion, just know I'm real. I'm, I'm, Uh I love the the uh, the carefulness with the phrasing. There it was real. It was real specific. Had to had to move real carefully. Yeah, no, but I I fully agree, and I'm sure the pilot is great. Um, what's the name of the web series? If you're if you can tell us, yeah, it's a web series. It's called Wallace and Tex. Um, and uh, I'm really happy for it. I I I, it, it, I shot it in a day for five grand, and Liz Merriweather, who created New Girl and was a big inspiration on me wanting to write, gave me half the budget. 
um, for it. And it, it uses like a, and a completely original soundtrack on Spotify. Um, that's like, you know, again, this emo mumble rap, um, vibe and it works with animation and it does a lot of cool things. So if you're into adult swim, then you'll definitely, you'll definitely F with it pretty hard and I'm in it. So you should definitely watch it. Hey, can't get better than that. And they can find it. Where can they find it? You can find it on YouTube. Um, if you just put Wallace and then the plus sign text, T-E-X, then uh, it should it should pop right up. Okay, fantastic. I'm definitely going to look at it. I'm very excited. Um, and I'm very excited to know what your music taste is now that you've hinted at it a little bit. I'm excited to hear about the soundtrack, like the emo mumble rap soundtrack. All of it has piqued my interest a lot. So let's get into In My Defense so that we can move into the music segment after that, because I'm excited to hear about the music segment. So <laughs> let's intro that. Before we get into talking about Tony Hawk, we have In My Defense. In My Defense is a segment where we bring one of our controversial or unpopular opinions and we defend it for you all. I have one, Jet. Do you have one? I have one, but it's 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 definitely pretty controversial. So oh, gonna... I can't wait. Oh, I love controversy. That is my favorite. What is it? Oh, I have to say it now. I have to go first. Yeah, you want me to go first? I can go first, but you can also go first. I I debate it because I, I I do listen to this podcast, but I hadn't thought about what I was going to do, which is better that way because then you just go off of it. You shoot from the hip. So I think my in my defense is that despite uh, despite uh, a lack of morality and despite controversy, I do think Elvis was talented, and that's not just because <laughs> this movie is coming out. Like. <laughs> I, 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 this is how I feel. And I get in arguments with my sisters about it. I get in arguments with a lot of people about it, but I'm, I'm going to, uh, I'm going to slow down and let you attack me. And then, you know what? I feel like, I feel like there's nothing to argue about. Like, I'm like, yeah, I mean, the, yeah, he just was like, I don't know. Nobody said he wasn't a piece of shit or that he wasn't racist or that he wasn't stealing from black people said the talent was there nonetheless. You know what I mean? I mean, a lot of people that I know that are like Elvis wasn't talented at all. Like, even, like, I know people that grew up in the era and they were like, you know, most Black people liked Elvis, but I didn't because I felt, always felt like he wasn't talented. But for me, like, what I tell people is like, look, like, I don't expect Elvis to be a hero, right? Like, heroes would have not stolen from Black people. Like, a hero mm. would have been like, I'm taking a stand. I said he was a rock star. So everybody was going at Black people at that time. And what I'm saying is like, if you look at the, if you look at sports, everybody does steroids, but not everybody's Barry Bonds. So I'm wow. saying like, Everybody stealing from black people. One somebody did it and, and was like, you know, I hate to put it that way, but I mean, no, that that sounds that sounds accurate to me. It's it's not much you could argue with when it comes to talent. Either you have it or you don't. And you know something that niggas love to do, and I say niggas meaning everybody on the planet. Yeah, <laughs> niggas love to once something has once once someone has fallen out of public grace <laughs> niggas love to be like i never liked him i don't know why y'all <laughs> liked him in the first place like i was never on that y'all was tripping but you wasn't saying none of that when they was in the public grace so what are we talking about keep it keep it i don't want it i'm the opposite though like i when everybody loves somebody i'll be like throwing rocks and then it's like once they get canceled or something happens, so I'm like, you know what? I just started listening to that stuff, and you know, I- me too. Actually, I'm, it's a problem. Okay, so we're problematic together, and that's totally fine. That's uh, that's absolutely fine because I'm that I'm that way as well. I'm like, why do y'all like this person? They're not. It's not that good. And then later on, I'm like, all right, it was fine. Once y'all started, once y'all stopped liking them, yeah, I'm like, oh no, it was fine. Like I'm just coming around to Kid Cudi. 
not you just coming around to Kid Cudi. I mean, I'm not saying I didn't listen to some of the stuff before, <laughs> but like before, before I was like, I was hating. I'm not gonna lie. I was like, yo, this little emo black kid. Like I was, was straight. I was Cudi. I was straight hating on Kid Cudi for years. <laughs> How? I just I think low key I was jealous of Kid Cudi on the low. Like, That's rare. That's totally fair. He was living out like the black boy dream for sure. Yeah, I mean, because he didn't he didn't even try to be cool. Like Drake Drake was like I'm gonna be emo, but I'm gonna be really cool. And Kid Cudi was not trying to do any of that. Yeah. So, so I was just there was a part of me that just was throwing rocks. It was like, well, I don't I don't think it's fair that you get to do this. this right. <laughs> tomato, tomato. No, I feel <laughs> yeah. Like. Mm, okay, so my in my defense this week, I feel like this is not controversial. You actually make stuff for the screen, not not the not the big screen, but the small screen. You try you're making television, right, Jet? Uh, I mean, yeah, that's the goal, right? Okay, okay, so that's about movies. So so it's not gonna it's not gonna touch you then. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm not. Fan, I'm not. So. Uh oh. So okay. what's, what's up? I feel. That movies should be no longer than an hour and a half max. I, I, I think a kids movie. <laughs> I think a kids movie is the perfect length of a movie, like an hour and twenty. You could give me an hour and fifteen. Realistically, you could keep it to an hour, and I'd be happy. I feel like movies have gotten bloated, and they just be doing so much. The last movie I saw that I did not look at my phone when I was in the theater was Top Gun. And that's because it was so fucking action packed and like, go, go, go. But that's it. That's all I got. Yeah. I'm pretty opinionated about that. I'm not even going to Oh, what you think? Like, please go for it. Please. I'm the, la- the last time I watched a movie that I didn't look at my phone was probably the Batman. Oh, that was a long time ago. And that movie is long as hell. That movie is three hours long, but it's like three hours long of all the best emo stuff I could possibly. Like, Batman's out here wearing eyeliner and junk. Like he's not leaving. Oh, the house. you mean like, the more recent one with Robert Pattinson? That's yeah. That is three. It's a three hour long. It still came oh, out a while ago. That's right, the last right. time. Okay, 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 okay. I I don't know. Ninety. I feel like ninety minutes should be that should be a rule unless you're the goat. If Donald Glover came out with a three hour movie, I would watch it. But I'm just saying, I would likely like, also watch it. That's fair. Yeah, I mean, and DiCaprio movies are long. I love DiCaprio. All his movies are at least two two and a half hours long. You know what? And I do like Wolf of Wall Street. Please don't quote me on that, y'all. But I do like Wolf of Wall Street. That's a good one. <laughs> yeah. So you know, I, I mean, I, I see where you're coming from. I just feel like you know, it, you should have to earn the right to 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 make a movie that's longer than than ninety minutes. That's a good way to put it because, like, what do you have to say past an hour and a half when I don't know who you are? You know, like you ain't earned yeah. it. Like, I don't. What am I watching? Why am I watching it? Well, that's why I that's why I want to make do TV because it's like I had an idea and I was like I told my friends I was like yo this is about to be a two and a half hour movie and my friends were like no absolutely <gasps> not you have and good I, friends <laughs> I was like okay I'll just make it a show then that's fine wow you have great friends that actually give constructive critiques that like help you along in your career to make something good oh my gosh i love that for you you have to man or else you're gonna be have you seen that uh that black af episode that kenya bear show black af yes yes the one where they were like black people have to police each other but that's real though i mean my friend's not black but i mean like that gave me this advice but it's like just just as a principle like if your friends aren't Within my friend group, I don't want to always be the person with the best taste. I always specifically try to choose friends that have better taste than me because otherwise you're not going to grow. You're going to be trash. You know what I'm saying? That's so. really true. And that's real self-aware, too, because people be struggling to to realize that you, you don't always you don't always have the best taste in your friend group. And that's OK. You know, you'll grow as a person. They'll better you. My friends grew my taste so 
much my current friend group. I'm not even going to say the type of shit I used to be watching before my current I friend group. I need to know. But... You already teased it. So we got to know. You watching nope. Buffy the Vampire Slayer? Y'all are not going to drag me around the internet, okay? What you watching? <laughs> Buffy, what else? what else was on? Party of Five? You know, uh, you, know what I, you know what show I used to watch? Damn, I'm about to say this on my podcast. I am. I used to watch this show that used to come on Fox. I think it came on Fox. Called Star. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Okay. I mean, I don't, it's hate, embarrassing on, now. I don't hate on that because, I mean, like, I mean, whatever. I guess I'm not really supposed to talk about TV because I'm, I'm entering into it. But it's like, to me, those are great soap operas. Like, we don't have soap operas anymore. So it's like the empires, the stars, like, that's where we're getting all of our soap opera life. It's the genre, right? It's the soap opera genre. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't hate on those shows. Now, the shows I'd be hating on, I'm going to shoot something that's, that's canceled. I'm going to try to not ooh, shoot something. Ooh, go, go, but, like, go. I don't know. The shows I be hating on is when, like, ah, it's not even, it's not even. It's, it's not, not worth it. Worth okay, it. no, you don't even have to. But if you want to, go for it. It, it, worth it. it ain't worth it. But I, I will put it like this. Like, when Empire came out, I was, like, so excited because, like, my issue with TV is that TV is supposed to be a medium that's supposed to be very current. Like, it's supposed to be a lot more current than movies. It doesn't take as long. It's supposed to be, you know, stuff happens and, and you know, a few weeks later, they can work that into the episode. But, like, black stuff is always left behind. Like, they, we should have been had a mumble rap show by now. And so it, yeah. it's just, like, when I saw Empire, it was so cool because it was the first time, and before we started getting Atlantis and started getting all these other shows, like, it was, like, the first time that conversations I was having with my family or conversations I was having with my friend group, like, was popping up on TV, you know, a lot closer to when we were having those conversations. It wasn't, like, mm-hmm. two years later. And it was like, oh, yeah, like... You know. I never even thought about that. That's actually a really good point. And that makes me feel better in my poor taste of television prior to, you know, the last like five years or so. But speaking of taste, I'm excited to get to your music taste. So let's transition to song of the week. Did you bring a song that you want to talk about this week? Uh, you know, I was thinking long and hard, but at the end of the day, when, you, when I saw the text and you asked about it, I'm just going to go with the songs that came to mind. So I've been listening to uh, Lime by Yeeks. I don't know if you listen to Yeek. I don't know about that. What's that? He's in. I think he's from the Bay, but um, he's like this Asian dude. But he like he he has like this really cool R and B kind of vibe. And uh, I don't know his stuff is just like all his stuff sounds like he's creeping down the block to see a chick, which is kind of the. the I'm not saying I do that. I'm just saying that's the vibe that I appreciate. Oh, <laughs> oh Jessa, that's relatable. Okay, that's why you fuck with Yeeks. Yeeks like cheeks. Like he's his name is Yeeks. Y e e k z. Like cheek, like cheeks. Nah, that's definitely a sexual innuendo. Wait, wait, mm. well, hold up. But maybe it may just be Yeek. I could, I could be getting this wrong. But I'm pretty okay. Sure. No, it's Yeek. Y e e k. Okay. Either way. I mean, I, I almost, I their runner ups were like I almost. I've been listening to a lot of Pink Panthers, so I almost, almost brought her up. And then okay. the the final runner up was uh the song Alien by Freak Slug. That was the that was the runner up. Okay, so you about to expand my music taste because I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to listen to all of those later on after this. I mean, Freak Slug is like I don't know. Freak Slug to me is like white girl pop, but but not that way, but not like that. Ooh, I I like white girl pop. You, oh, that's, okay. hold on, that's a that's oh, that's okay. something that resonates with me. Now I'm definitely gonna listen to Freak Slug because my song is a white girl pop song for this week. I chose. Do you listen to Dua Lipa? 
I don't. Okay. That's <laughs> I okay. tried. I thought about lying. I thought about lying. that? Uh, no. No. I've never listened to Dua Lipa. Okay. Dua Lipa came up with an album um, at the beginning of 2020, I think, or maybe, yeah, I think it might have been early 2020, maybe late 2019, called Future Nostalgia. It is truly like my favorite fucking pop album since, what was the name of that Ariana Grande album? Oh, you talking about the one that came out around the pandemic? No, that's Positions. There was one that was before that. Why can't I think of the name of someone that was freaking me out? Anyways, the one that came out before Positions, before Thank You Next, that that one too, before Thank You Next too. Future Nostalgia is like the best pop album since then. And the song Hallucinate in particular is so fucking good. Something about Hallucinate, it should have been a single. Y'all need to stop playing with Dua Lipa. I know she can't dance. I know she did that little weird hip wiggle thing. I saw her live recently. She was fantastic. She made fun of herself with the hip wiggle shit. Yeah. Put some respect on Dua Lipa's name, y'all. Stop playing with her. I did not expect I did not expect you to, to like Dua Lipa. I'm not gonna lie. Oh yeah, that's my girl. Dua Lipa's my girl. Absolutely. I'm gonna be real. I couldn't tell when she first came out, I couldn't tell the difference between her and anybody else that that was out that year. You know what? The, okay, I understand what you mean. I understand what you mean. Dua Lipa, appearance-wise, first of all, I think she's I think she's really attractive. But <laughs> appearance-wise, she's like, especially when she first came out, she's like a white girl with brown hair. And it's like every other white girl. But her music has always been a little different. Like something about it had a little, a little, a little flair there. A little tahini and I on it. Her. Hmm? Says like she had sprinkled a little tahini on her music. But... She you know she put a little tahini on there on the rim, and I like <laughs> that. I I like that for myself. And so yeah, I always fuck with Dua Lipa. That's my girl. I won't have any Dua Lipa slander around here. She's supposed to be dropping an album. I think she's pushing it because Beyonce is dropping an album, which you know the whole world is absolutely pushing because Beyonce is dropping an album. Oh my god, did you listen to Drake's album? I did. Did you like it? I feel like it's not for me. I feel like it's, it's not for, for me it's, either. It's for no, but I feel like it's for like it's for women that go to H and M and Zara and like want to hear. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like I am a woman that does those, and it's not <clears> for me. <laughs> I mean, they, I heard it to, in defense when it first came out. I hated it, but then somebody played it. They were playing it on my street, and it sounded different, like in that like on speakers in that environment. But I, it's definitely not. I, I tell. I still stand by my statement when it first came out, which is it's not 808s and Heartbreak. Like people talk about, people were talking about this album like it's going to be Drake's 808s and Heartbreak, and it's not. It's not the album that takes it in a new direction and like defines him. It's just it's like something he did for fun. Y'all about to send me on a rant. Y'all about to send me on a rant, nigga. Somehow it's the 808s and Heartbreaks. Y'all really about to send me on a rant <laughs> as a recovering Kanye stan. <laughs> don't piss me off. Talking about this is his 808s and heartbreaks. 808s and heartbreaks single-handedly shifted the trajectory of not only Kanye West music, but music, rap music as a whole, music as a whole, pop music of the time as a whole. And y'all think Drake, y'all think Aubrey is shifting the trajectory of music with this fucking cheaply produced. <laughs> no, house, no, no, no. And then somebody else said he made a whole album of passion fruit, also a goddamn lie. And I'm tired of y'all lying. <laughs> I'm tired of y'all getting on here and lying. Stop doing that shit because I'm over it. Okay, stop playing with Drake. Stop playing with Kanye. Stop playing with the music. Okay, stop it. You can play with Kanye all you want, but don't play with his music. Anyways, moving on. <laughs> 
before I get myself in trouble on this fucking podcast. We're going to talk about Tony Hawk this episode. I would like to preface this by saying I am not a skateboard girl. I am not a Tony Hawk girl, but I am very aware that niggas love Tony Hawk. I don't know why. I did my Googles. I do know why, kind of. I did my Googles and I see the vision for the man's. But let me tell you a little bit about a little bit about Tony Hawk before we talk about why Black people love him. So, according to trusty old Wikipedia, Anthony Frank Hawk, nicknamed Birdman, <laughs> is that where Birdman got it from? Is the American professional skateboarder, entrepreneur, and owner of skateboard company Birdhouse, a pioneer of modern vertical skateboarding. I don't know what vertical skateboarding means. Hawk completed the first 900 skateboarding trick in 1999. He also licensed a skateboarding video game series named after himself, published by Activision that same year. He retired from competing professionally in 2003 and is regarded as one of the most influential skateboarders of all time. Jet, do you fuck with Tony Hawk? Hi, I'm Kate Casey, an unscripted TV expert. Three times a week, I interview the talent directors, producers, and hosts of television's most popular reality shows, docuseries, and documentaries. I get all the behind-the-scenes stories. I cover everything from The Bachelor, Selling Sunset, and Real Housewives to Tinder Swindler, The Last Dance, and Secrets of Playboy. Join me as I ask all the questions that you want asked. And best of all, I'm the most trusted source on what to watch every week. I will give you a guide on everything from true crime and sports to competition, calling from all streaming and cable networks. The best guests, the best shows and series, Reality Life with Kate Casey. Most well, definitely, but first <clears throat> I'm gonna like really paint the picture for everybody. Like, I'm gonna give you a profile, and then I want you to guess the race of this profile. You got a professional <laughs> athlete. He's got three baby mamas. He's got custom cars. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I'm sorry. He has what? So he got three baby mamas. He has three baby. I watched this man's documentary, and it didn't mention none of that. Why y'all leaving out? So I'm saying that he got three baby. I'm mamas. saying if you didn't, I'm saying like somebody like you. I play this trick all the time. If you were to read Tony Hawk's stats from a nigga's perspective, you would think he was black. That's, I'm, that's what I'm lying. trying. Please continue. I'm shook right now because it's because because that's that's what I'm, that's my whole point is that this is like I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but that, this is like this is the whole Hollywood game. Like if you read Kanye's stats. You would think he was white. His mom's a college professor. His dad's yeah. a photographer. He, yeah. His mom, you know, he trained, blah, 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 blah. He, he won all these art school contests. You would think he was like a little poet white boy, but he's not. Yeah. And it's the same yeah. with Tony Hawk. Tony, niggas mess with Tony Hawk because on, on a paper, this, this dude sounds like a nigga. He was constantly getting in trouble at school. He was, you know what I'm saying? Like, this is just, you know, it's just facts. Like, but the culture, I mean, honestly, if you think about it, he sounds like a jazz musician from the 1930s. But this is like Tony Hawk. <laughs> Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it doesn't even sound. He does. Tony, big tone. Yeah. Yes, he does. Absolutely. Okay. So he got three baby mamas. And what was that other thing that you said? What was the last stat? I mean, I don't, I don't even fully remember, but the, the point of the matter is, is, <laughs> is that Tony Hawk is a light-skinned black man. So is John B. Wow. No, I'm just playing. I'm just playing. I'm wow. Just, I don't, I don't want to get, I don't want to get stabbed. I'm just joking. Somebody's going to mm, stab me. Well, I, I mean, I see the vision. <laughs> I understand where you're going. Okay. I didn't really know who Tony Hawk was until the video games when I was a kid. And it was just like, it was, it was like right next to NFL street. Like you played NFL street and then you were playing Tony Hawk pro skater. And like yep. Tony Hawk pro skater to me, like somehow was more fun. I think it was just like, I don't even know exactly what about that game 
I just remember playing it in Blink-182. I would make sure that it, it would play the Blink-182 song over and over again while I was playing. I was going to bring that up. Yeah. He put on, he put he put Black People on to Blink-182 and Green Day. He That's did. That's like how Black People found out about Blink-182 and Green Day. Well, I wasn't allowed to listen to secular music. So it, playing video games was how I got a chance to listen to secular music. So it was like right. Tony Hawk was doing me a service. You know what I mean? As right. As as it was like prohibition, <sighs> but with music. You know. Wow, you was in the uh, what were those things called? You was in the speakeasy with the video game, right? You was in the virtual speakeasy with the with the video game, popping, listening to Green Day and Blink One Eighty Two, and I and I love that for you. I'm glad that you got to be able to experience that. You know something else? Do you remember the Tony Hawk edition of the Sidekick LX? Briefly, yeah, yeah. Tony Hawk, the fact that he had a fucking Sidekick edition. It's all you really need to know because black people loved sidekicks. No, it's it's a real. It was like a, I, I almost I really need to make jokes about it because black dudes thought the sidekick was so tough. Absolutely. It, you remember those commercials where they would like have the brisk ice teas and they would flip out the sidekicks like yes, like sidekicks were a real phenomenon, man. They really were. People probably had sidekicks more than they had like. That's not even funny. I shouldn't even say that. But I feel like I feel like I feel like niggas would buy a sidekick before they would buy like birth control or a condom. Like it was that it was that important. <laughs> it was like that important to have that sidekick and to have that people you not paying rent. You can't flex no condom now. You can flex a sidekick. You can't flex your condom. What you, but what I, you gonna do that? But it's, but it's just like there's like necessities. I would watch dudes and there was like necessities that need to be taken care of, and they would have a sidekick. They'd be like, yep. "Listen, man, you gotta pray for me. I ain't got no money." And then it's like they text it on a new sidekick. Like, yeah, yep, they flipping it out too. That flip noise was was crucial at that time. <laughs> you flip your sidekick out. That was very necessary. Important things. I think black people we like to perform. Like we like to perform while we flex. Like we do. Like, you know we what I'm do. saying? Like it's not enough yes. just to flex. It we there has to be like a performance aspect of it in order for us to feel fulfilled. So it's yep. like that, you know, it's like it's not fun to just like, oh, flick open your razor. Like you want to like flick the whole sidekick out and like, you know, act like you <laughs> act like it's not a big deal. Like flick it out. Nah, a hundred percent. Now I will say it was fun to flip open that razor. It was also fun. I never had one. I was bitter about it. I'm still bitter about it. But it was fun to flip out a razor. I also never had a sidekick, but also seemed fun to flip that open. Just all the all the flips. Love that. Yeah. The performance yeah. value for sure. It was a it was a it was a crucial part of my childhood for those sidekicks. It was absolutely a crucial part of the childhood. Okay, so there's this joke on black Twitter about Tony Hawk. It's just a running thing that black people love Tony Hawk. I've seen it on Twitter. Like I've seen it go viral. And so there's this meme of Wesley Snipes holding a gun and, and with tears streaming down his face. Like he really don't want to do what he about to do. Right. He got this black hat cocked to the side. I'm going to send you, I'm going to send you to me. And the, the caption for this says when the race war is happening and I got to kill Tony Hawk. Like, you're so sad that you have to kill Tony Hawk, but like, damn, it's the race war, now you gotta kill him. And Tony Hawk responds and he says, I appreciate the hesitation though. <laughs> <laughs> and that's how you know. Tony Hawk is like, No, this is funny. It's funny. Yeah, you're looking at it. He's here. He's with us. He's here with us. Okay. He understands we might have to take you out, but we don't want to because we fuck with you. Tony Hawk reps for all. For all like all the outsiders, you know what I'm saying? Like, I think anytime you get somebody that like really pierces through like the the veil or like really cracks the glass ceiling and they're not a, a dork, 
You know what I'm saying? Like some people, yes. and it's like, it's like, you know, I'm not going to name names, but they just be like a, a square, a robot or a dork. And this dude wasn't, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? A square, a robot or a dork. <laughs> it's that, those are the, those are the three, those are the three groups of people that I don't mess with. It's just like. That's really good. You don't fuck with squares, robots and dorks. I, I like that. Okay. I'll put like this. If there was a race war happening, I feel like people would have an easier time killing Moby before they kill Tony Hawk. You know what I'm saying? Killing who? Uh, never mind. <laughs> who is that, right? Moby? Yeah, no. Mm, Moby? I don't know. Dang. I thought more black people knew who Moby was because on Atlanta, um, there was like an episode where Darius was like, yes, yeah, it's, it's hard for white dudes to go bald. He's like, black dudes can do it gracefully, but white dudes can't. He's like, your best bet is to try to look like Moby. And Moby is like a white musician and he's like bald. Oh, let me. Oh, I see him. Uh, I've literally never laid eyes on this man a day in my life, but, you know. Different yeah. reference points for uh, I see, I see a lot of be making reference points. I'm like, I don't, I don't know what y'all talking about sometimes, but I mean, other people know what they talk about, so I guess that is what it is. Speaking of the video game, what about the video game? Okay, the video game, somebody on Twitter named Erica Washington said that the reason she loves Tony Hawk is because her and her brother used to play the video game while growing up all the time, and she could create a black woman character. And that is her reason, because that was not a thing at the time with other types of games and other video games. Yeah, no, I re- so it's funny. So I remember you could customize it down to that. And that was a big thing. Like, on a lot of those games, like, there was a game, I think, called Fighting Force. And the darkest you could go was, like, J-Lo. That was, like, the darkest you could you could go on a oh, lot of these games. J-Lo Light. Light yeah. Martina. Yeah. So, you know, that was as far as you could go. And Tony Hawk's, Tony Hawk's games, like you, it, I mean, like I, I've thought about this in the past, like that era was like a, a weird era where it was like, they were trying, like, it felt like the, almost like race is not as much of a thing. Like, you know, Nelly can be with NSYNC and you know, sure. we can make one of the Charlie's Angels Asian. Like, you know what I mean? It just felt like. For sure. They're trying to ignore it. They're like, oh, <laughs> yeah. we'll just. You know, it doesn't really matter the race of the person. It'll be good. And you know what? Honestly, that did feel like a better time in media anyways. I don't know if it was just like because it was the dawn of social media where we could all know all the shit of the world all the time. But that did feel like a better, more whole time for me as a black woman or a black girl at that time. And just for media as a whole, regarding race relations and other stuff. Using the game as an example, like there there wasn't any argument about whether they should do it or not like if he were to do that now there would be this big argument about is it the right person like who does he have on his team how dark is too dark how light is too uh-huh. light is this it would just be like it, it would probably make him scared to even do it because it's like right he'd be like just have everybody play as tony like that's <laughs> yeah. probably what he'd be like everybody just gonna play as tony thank you <laughs> <laughs> not even worth y'all niggas talking about it on twitter there's also a bunch of song lyrics that, you know, rap lyrics specifically that talk about Tony Hawk. Chief oh. Keith has a song called Tony Hawk, which I did not know. Um, Juice World had three separate songs where he mentioned Tony Hawk, which just goes to show how intergenerational Tony Hawk really is. Because Juice World was a fucking child, like R.I.P., by the way, but like literally a child and had three separate rap songs all talk like talking about Tony Hawk in three separate ways. I mean, I'm just going to say it. it's controversial, but I'm telling y'all, Tony Hawk is more influential than Big Bird at this point. My little sister don't know that. who Big Bird is. <laughs> I believe that. I believe that. She don't know who Big Bird is from Sesame Street. She knows who Tony Hawk is, though. And that's so right. My mom knows who Tony Hawk is. My mom don't know who no white people are. It's like, it's, <laughs> my mom be like, mm, I'd be like, mom, you know, uh, Leonardo DiCaprio. She'd be like, who? 
But I said, mom, do you know who Tony Hawk is? She was like, yeah. And I was like, who is he? She was like, I think he does BMX or X Games or something. I was like, close enough. She knows she know who I'm talking about. Dang. Yeah, that's him. <laughs> so I guess he's very intergenerational. And in one of his songs, Juice World says in Fire in the Booth, he says, I'm Tony Hawk and I feel like a Ollie, but I'm on a beat like a damn kamikaze. I'm a rock star, Black Sabbath, no Ozzy. Wow, actually, Juice World had a lot of references in there that's not of his generation. Oh, yeah. I mean, Juice Juice is an old soul, but I mean, I still think your point stands, though. Like, Tony Hawk, I could go to a, a 10-year-old right now and be like, do you know who Tony Hawk is? And they're like, yeah, it's the skateboarder guy. Like, I think so, too. I think I'm going to ask my niece. I bet you she's not going to know who that is. She is 10, and she's a girl, a black girl. I don't know if she's going to know. I'm going to ask her. I'm going to see if she knows who Tony Hawk is, because he really does seem like the intergenerational superhero that all of us like. And, oh, I think he also more so popularized tech decks. I don't know if you ever used them, but you remember tech decks? Like the little mm-hmm. skateboard with your fingers that every elementary school, middle school, high schooler had at some point? Yeah. I mean, I mean, Tony Hawk, Tony Hawk was so influential. Tony Hawk could have niggas doing stuff that they normally wouldn't do. Like, I, like I almost tried pizza rolls because of Tony Hawk. You know what I'm saying? Like you almost tried pizza rolls. Hold on. Are you saying? I'm saying. <laughs> are you saying, Jet, that you haven't tried pizza rolls? I've never. I haven't had a pizza roll. You never had a pizza roll. Man, nah, why? <laughs> nah. But 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 I'm saying Tony Hawk was like literally like the salesman. Like I remember he just was everywhere. Like he was. Was he was he in that movie Most Valuable Primate? Do you remember that movie with the, with the monkey I don't. That was skateboarding? I don't. What? Yeah, I'm pretty sure he cameoed in that. He was cameoing in everything at the time. But he it's had like, to be in it. Yeah, it was about skateboarding uh, around that time. He was certainly in it. Yeah, I mean, it's, you can't even imagine like 20 years from now, like there's there's gonna be Tony Hawk memes or people are gonna be like, there was this guy a long time ago. It was just like, right? This was this man. Yeah, yeah. Wow. No, he really was influential. I feel like every black man that I know personally also also went through a skateboarding phase, like. Every black man I know knows how to ride a skateboard at a baseline, can like kick off. I don't know if that's from Lupe Fiasco. That might be a kick push <laughs> moment, you know? That might be a Lupe Fiasco moment. But every black man that I know could hop on a skateboard and not fall off, whereas my ass is definitely going to fall off. One of my friends is like 45 and he is street dude. And he's like real tough. He's like real hard and whatever. And I watched him hop on a skateboard and kick off. And it was the weirdest thing. It was the I'm strangest I was like, you have a strap and a skateboard? Like, it was not just a, like, I was not like, a strap and a skateboard? I was like, <laughs> <laughs> I was like what? You strapped up on a skateboard? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I gotta stay with this strap on me. I like that. It's so, yeah, I mean, I think I think the whole thing is like skateboards are inexpensive. So it's like he kind of, Tony Hawk is sort of like a, you know, a sign of the working class, I guess. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, Comrade Tony Hawk. Comrade Tony Hawk, you know? That's crazy. <laughs> wow, now he's an advocate for socialism and all types of shit. Look, all look, look of at stuff. what my man's did. Yeah. Right. Look at what Tony has done. My, my grandparents are going to be so mad that I even said the, the S word. <laughs> um, socialism? Know. Yeah. I was saying, <laughs> no, you know what? Older people really are terrified of the word socialism. I said that shit to my mom recently who was literally reciting a socialist talking point to me. And I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, socialism, you know, I think we're moving that direction anyway. She was like, uh, who said anything about 
about socialism. I said, uh, you you did, sweetheart. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. Like, you're a socialist. I, I love that for you, but you got to come to terms with the word. I know America made you scared of it, but it is what it is. But anyways, back to Tony Hawk. Yeah, I think Black people like Tony Hawk because it's very simple. He's legit talented, which Black people is important to Black people. I think that's why Black people also like Paramore. We've talked about this before, but right. it's because Haley Williams is actually very fucking talented. He's actually talented. He's unproblematic and he stays in his white ass business. And that's really all it takes. My name is Tom Buck and this is The Enthusiasm Project. Join me each week for deep dives exploring the world of what it means to be an independent creator on YouTube, starting your own creative business, and keeping a positive, enthusiastic mindset along the way. New episodes of The Enthusiasm Project are available every Monday, wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah, no, I mean, look, I mean, black, basically, I mean, I'm just reinforcing what you're saying. Black people just don't, I feel like in general, we have an extreme emphasis on being real. So like, even whether it's real talent, whether it's speaking on stuff that you actually are about, like, you didn't see Tony Hawk run around like with some fake Black Lives Matter junk. You know what I'm saying? Like he he wasn't, he mm-hmm. just doesn't, he just doesn't do things that where you go, really you? Like he, you never hear him with anything like that. <laughs> really you? Some people, it's like, they just get up all of a sudden and they're like, oh, there's this cause I got to jump on really quick. And it's like, yo, black people, black people can't handle that. It's vexing to the soul. It's vexing. Wow. Come on, vocabulary. Love to see it. Do you remember when they tried to make Sean White like Tony? I don't know. I was going to, I was not going to bring up Sean White, but whatever. Do you remember when they tried to make him the next Tony Hawk? I sure do. That's the flying tomato, right? That's the redheaded boy. Yeah. It did not work out. No, I sure do. Nobody ever cared. Like, I'm like, girl, we don't care about him. They tried. We don't want him. Stop trying to make Sean White a thing. He's not a thing. We have Tony and we're good. Remember when they're trying to make Ryan Sheckler a thing? Do you remember that? I remember the Ryan Sheckler moment. That was weird. That was a weird era because they pushed so hard. They gave him a reality show, and he's nowhere close they to did. Tony Hawk. I mean, he's nowhere they close. Did. Yeah, it was on MTV. Yeah, I used to watch it. It was a good Me show too. actually, but uh, yeah, but it was it had nothing to do with his like skating ability. Skateboarding. And it was like his personal life, his dating yeah. life, and it, and it gave very like Laguna Beach in the hills, like just like very white kid from the OC type vibes. And that's very much not what Tony Hawk was giving. And I'm like, see, y'all don't even understand the appeal of Tony. Y'all trying to make Tony happen again, and you're giving us this very bland, very white Orange County man. And we don't want him. We want was struggling at school, had ADHD, right. needed an outlet for his life. Tony Hawk. We don't want Ryan Sheckler. Yeah, I mean, well, it just goes to the whole thing of like the people that are making the decisions. Like they don't understand like the intersection of the streets. Like they don't like I, I don't know. There's a show called uh, Vinyl and they talk about how like rock and funk and like all these different genres of music were like one street over from each other, right? Like they were yeah. all the same. And most execs are like, no, like, you know, that piece, this person will never like this music. And this, and it's just like, and they start really like bastardizing the whole thing. And that was the, that's what happened with skateboarding in my mind. Like, like Tony Hawk, Tony Hawk to me sold this idea that like, like he was the Michael Jordan of skateboarding because he was like talented, worked super hard. And he was like this underdog story. And I liked Ryan Sheckler, but Ryan Sheckler was a soap opera. Ryan Sheckler was the Hills. And it was, it was like, he's, he's handsome. He's with his, all these different girls and stuff. And it, yep. it just wasn't, 
it just wasn't the same vibe. I never, I never was inspired by Ryan Sheckler. I was never like, and I liked the show. I think he's a, Me too. he seems like a nice guy, but Tony Hawk was like, Tony Hawk was larger than life, man. He was like unrelenting. I don't know if you watched his most recent documentary where he was trying to do like that last 900. I think it was on Hulu. Um, he was trying to do a 900 spin, I guess, for the final time. And damn, the doc was actually really emotional. It's just filled with him trying and failing and trying and failing to do that turn a bunch of time. But apparently that's how he was as a kid too, just like unrelenting about skateboarding. He was like, no, I'm going to do this thing. I don't care what my parents is talking about. I don't care who is laughing at me. And he was like, he was the underdog. Like people hated him. People did not fuck with him at all. And he came through and he was like, don't care. I'm here for skateboarding. I'm not here for you niggas. I don't <laughs> care how y'all feel about it. I don't care if y'all mad because I do this. I'm going to do it. And I do it better than y'all. And he did. He was up against like grown men who had been like the top ranked skateboarders for a long time. And he was a kid, came through, did his little 900, got them the fuck out of here. And now he's the most influential skateboarder ever. And that's like the only name who we know in skateboarding for real. But that was like our our generation had a lot of those like stories, which I thought was super cool. Like you had Serena Venus, you had Tiger Woods. Like that that was like the dominant message of like our generation was like that oh, is like so true. It's like I don't I don't really know what these young kids like. <laughs> I don't really know what they what they I, I do know what they mess up with, but it's I don't know it's just different. It's just different. Yeah, Tony Hawk was definitely like a part of that that whole For movement. Sure. The only skateboard I can name from today is Nija, and. The only reason I know who that is is because he is a black man. Um, but otherwise, I don't do people. Are there skateboard like are there professional skateboarders? Is that a thing? <laughs> I mean, it's less about professional. It's more about like, uh, are you a YouTuber skateboarder? So like there are like groups of kids that like have millions of views and they'll go over and they'll try a spot in Japan or they try a spot in the San Francisco. And like my, my like back when I was teaching, my students put me on and they would like show me these videos and they were super cool, but like the intent is completely different. Like it's not like Tony Hawk is there like to be the best or Michael Jordan to be the best. And like the younger generation, it's not so much about being the best. And it's more about like monetizing. And it's like about monetizing. And it's about like it's about like growing outward. It's like how many people are a part of my community as opposed to yeah. like, am I the best rapper? Am I the best skater? Am I the best you know, performer. It's like, how many views do I have? Which is a completely different. It's a different gauge of success for sure. Is Tony Hawk the original influencer? I feel like Tony Hawk might be the original influencer. Like you were saying, you almost tried a pizza roll because of Tony oh, Hawk. Yeah. I mean, look, Tony Hawk, Tony Hawk had me doing the thing where you wear the long sleeve shirt and then the short sleeve shirt over it. Yes. There was nobody black in my neighborhood doing that. And then the I under armor, like niggas had on yeah, like under yeah. armor and then like, yeah. Niggas wasn't wow. wearing layers before that. The layers? They, they were layering up. They were. Before Tony, okay? Wow. He was the original influencer. Tony yeah. was the original influencer. I think I figured it out. I think I cracked the code. That's crazy. And not even on purpose. He literally was just in everything. Like you said, he yeah. was like advertising everything, like just in everything. But it fit though. That's the weird thing is like it, it, it made sense. It was like... It was a natural mesh. You know why? It was because he wasn't like influencers today. People, people who like go viral on the internet and that type of stuff and get a lot of money from doing that type of stuff today, they transition into like a rich person and then they're no longer relatable. 
Tony Hawk definitely was a rich person, but he never transitioned visibly into a rich person to us. And so he was always relatable. So it's like, yeah, of course, Tony Hawk is eating pizza rolls. He's a skateboarder. And yeah, like, of course, I'm going to eat pizza rolls because like, yeah, I fuck with him. Of course, Tony Hawk is wearing Under Armour. He's a skateboarder, you know? Whereas realistically, Tony Hawk got a shit ton of money. It could probably do, probably take private jets and do whatever the fuck else he wanted. But he was so still down to earth and so fucking regular. That it was believable. It all just tracked. It's like, yeah, of course he's doing Gatorade. He's a skateboarder, you know? <laughs> yeah, Tony Hawk never iced out. <laughs> he never he never got iced out bling or nothing like. My man didn't get no chains or nothing. He didn't believe in flex culture. He was really there to be the best, like you said. Yeah, it's funny. It's funny, but it's true because it, I do remember, like, I, it never really dawned on me as a kid that he was rich. I just was like, he's a skater. That was exactly what I thought. I was just like, he's a skater and this is what he does. This is what he does. I think this podcast episode has made me like Tony Hawk so much more. And I already kind of liked him. I like didn't have any specific deep thoughts about him. I was like, oh, you know, like, cool, white man. He's, he skateboards. He was definitely part of my childhood. I remember him being there all the time, being mentioned. I think I really fuck with this man now. I'm gonna have to watch that documentary again. Also, if you haven't seen the doc, you should watch it. I will. I'll check it out. I haven't. I haven't seen it. It's good. It speaks of his work ethic so much. Like, it speaks of his work ethic, his childhood trauma, he was like the youngest of like a bunch of kids and he was way younger than the rest of the kids. So he was like kind of isolated and lonely as a kid too. It just like has a lot of, a lot of stuff about him that humanizes him past, you know, oh, this super famous, ultra famous skateboard hero that's always been a part of my life. Huh. I mean, it makes sense. I mean, it makes sense. I mean, black people, we mess with underdogs pretty heavy, so... And he was he was an underdog heavy. He was small. He was just an underdog heavy. Tony, if you want to come on to my show, you you are welcome to be the first white man, white period, to come on my show. I would love to have you. I believe that you would like to come on and that you like black people. And so come on if you would like. That'd be great. Who what white people are invited onto the show? Top three. Ooh, what white people are invited onto the show? Um, uh, none at all. But <laughs> I would absolutely have Haley Williams on this fucking show because it's called Black People Love Paramore. So naturally, I would have Haley Williams on the show. And I really think that might be it. I think just Haley Williams could come on the show. You wouldn't let Avril come on the show? Like, nah, nah. You know what? Okay, now I'm getting sidetracked, but just real quick. I watched this YouTube video. They did a deep dive about Hillary Duff. Hillary Duff and Avril Lavigne had beef. And like 2000, yeah. did you know that? Yeah, I was, I, I was all up in this. I remember when Lindsay Lohan and Hillary had beef over Aaron yeah, Carter. I can't believe you noticed. This is so funny. Yeah, she had beef with all of these people. She had, <laughs> she had beef with Nicole Richie. She had beef with Lindsay Lohan. She had beef with Avril Lavigne. And I'm Team Hillary, and so I would never. And while I do fuck with Avril a lot, the music. You know, don't don't fuck with Hillary Duff. Just don't do it. Hillary Duff is another extremely unproblematic white woman who just gone about her white ass business her whole fucking life. I'm gonna get in trouble for this, but uh I saw some pictures of Hillary Duff recently. She she uh And she dragging the wagon on her too. Yeah, I was I was yeah. I was like, wow. Uh yeah. Gordo missed out major. You know Gordo, you fucked up. <laughs> Where up. are you at? Yeah, no, Hillary has remained unproblematic. She got a fat old ass and she is just, you know, she's just pure. She seems like a nice, seems like a nice lady. So Avril, no, she couldn't come on my show, but neither could Hillary. So there's that. Um, <laughs> I don't have anything else to say. Jet, do you have any final thoughts about 
uh, Alvin Levine or Tony Hawk or anything? Um, I just, I just want to wrap this up by saying, I don't hate anybody I talked about on this show. You know, (laughs) I always run through my head. Like, what did I say? Hopefully I didn't say anything too abrasive. Um, no, you didn't, you know, Hillary, if you single, get at me. Wow. (laughs) She's very not Jed. Thank you. (laughs) But, and then there's me who probably did say something abrasive and I probably meant it. And um, if I did say I hated you, I also probably meant it. So that'll be it for this week's episode of Black People Love Paramore. Thank you for listening. Jack, can you let the people know where they can find you and just, you know, all the things? Of course. First of all, thank you for having me on the show. Of course. Um, I'm on Instagram. My Instagram is underscore Jet G. Um, and then my web series is called Wallace and Text. It's Wallace, the plus sign text and um if you're in the austin area i perform downtown all the time so um hit me up on instagram and and come through go see jet perform if you're in austin y'all um if you want to send me ideas for episodes if you want to send me hate mail if you want to send me love mail you can email me at blackpeopleloveparamore at gmail.com you can follow me on or you can follow the podcast on instagram twitter And now we have a TikTok. There's nothing on the TikTok, but you can follow it nevertheless because there will be something on it eventually at BPLP Pod. Um, And that's it. I am Sequoia. This has been a fantastic episode. Thank you for coming on here, Jet. It's been great chatting with you and I will see y'all next time. Bye.